Welcome to UC Today with me, David Dungay. Today I have with me Mike Nowak from BCM1. Welcome to the show, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing good, David. How are you feeling today? I'm great, thank you. Well, today, Mike, we're going to be discussing um, hybrid working, in particular, a little bit around Microsoft Teams and some integration and uh, DR stuff as well. I'm really excited to get into, today, into today's conversation. But before we get into that, um, can you give us a little bit of an introduction to BCM1 and yourself, Mike? Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to. Um, BCM1 is a, a managed network services and uh, next-gen voice communications service provider primarily focusing efforts uh, in the United States and Canada. Uh, we do have customers worldwide for our network services. Uh, but uh, I'd say one of the more innovative groups, uh, we build, own, and operate a lot of the services in-house. And uh, that lends itself greatly to uh, those that are in the midst of change and uh, when you have to address uh, emerging opportunities. Uh, on my side, um, I started my career at IBM and have always been in technical sales, always enjoyed the educational part of it, uh, being able to participate with uh, our staff and, and other business partners. Uh, it's always been a, a joy to me and, and learning new things. So I'd say I'm, I'm very passionate about uh, what we are going to talk about today and, and what we're going to be able to do together. So hopefully that's a short and sweet intro. <laughs> so you, meant, you mentioned uh, emerging opportunities there, Mike. Um, well, one emerging opportunity, or maybe not emerging, maybe it's here and here and now, is you know hybrid working, huge trend for UC today. We're talking about it, about it a lot. Yeah. Um, tell us, you know, what what are you seeing? What are the trends you're seeing around this hybrid working piece uh, right now? Yeah, I mean it. It's a, it's a, it's the the most important conversation I think that's happening uh, on a day to day basis. Um, organizations, when the pandemic hit, I think were reactive, um, jumped into uh, more of a short term fix to keep going. Uh, some folks were telling us that they were amazed at how quickly they were able to respond uh, with such urgency. And now, as I see, we get into twenty twenty one. It's really long term planning. And so the, the conversation has shifted to uh, what do we do to patch it together to this is, this is a permanent thing. And uh, some of the vertical markets are, are, are way off to the, uh, to the right in terms of making everyone work from home on a permanent basis. Others are on the other side of the spectrum where they're going to try to do uh, a mix um, and some, some just can't. Um, but it, it's, it depends on the vertical market. Um, it, it's different, and I would say that uh, folks are in the long-term planning strategy now. It's 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 going to be here to stay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, one one of those long-term, I guess, considerations is you know how people unify their their the voice and their collaboration tools together. We're seeing you know, Microsoft Teams. You know what a, what a story uh, that that is in this in this market. But uh, on on the direct routing side. Or on the integration side, you know, we're, we're seeing lots of traction as well with with voice providers, you know, s such as as yourself. But t tell us, you know, what makes what makes a good Teams? Um, let's start with integration. What makes a good Teams integration, um, you know, of service or product, if you like? Yeah, I think I, I think it, the framework really starts with um, doing an assessment. I, I mean, I think that there's a there's a risk in it. 
a, a problem that can occur, David, that folks see that the, the power of the collaboration tools of Teams, they jump into it, they get very excited about that, they start to use inter-office calling, video calling, and then they think that they can, um, that the phone system element is just going to fix all their call handling you know, needs and call recording, paging, intercom, etc. So um, I'm a huge fan of Teams. We've been training on it and teaching it uh, nearly a year and a half now. Um, but uh, you have to assess what it can actually do from a call handling perspective. And you, you have to have a deep uh, conversation on that. Uh, it, again, there's, there's ways that you can fill in gaps. That's what we do. Um, but uh, you have to have that, that deep consultative discussion up front. If you don't have that, the integration will be challenging. Yeah, I mean, have you, have you seen else, elsewhere in the market, perhaps, where uh, maybe maybe people haven't had that upfront conversation in, in, in great depth or, you know, are, are customers getting caught out because they don't realize the, the call handling, the call routing or, or routing if you're in the States, uh, you know, what that means from a, from a team's perspective? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting in terms of, um, you know, solving business problems. I mean, you always want to be solving uh, problems where folks are not in pain, but um, we, we're doing cleanup work. And I think that's what's interesting is that uh, folks have jumped into it and there's rogue behavior. And I think that's what's interesting in organizations. You used to have a central command and control organization that would design your, your voice and data needs. And you have other organizations that are simply just turning on calling services. And then how do you manage it from a cost perspective? But how do you manage it from an inner office dial flow perspective? So it's it's interesting. It's it's a lot of cleanup in in some cases. Um, now we have some areas we can fix things quickly, but it's 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 where there's some some gross mishandling of of applications that folks completely forgot. I mean, paging is one of them, or call center handling, or call yeah. recording. I mean, those things can really um, hurt you if you don't have that dial plan discussion. So yeah, there's there's a lot of cleanup on it. Yeah, and uh, obviously DR or d direct routing is uh, you know the other the other avenue to, to voice in, in Teams if you like. Uh, we're, yeah. we're seeing huge take up well across the globe, particularly here in the UK. I'm sure the states is a you know similar similar story. But um, you know what what what's uh, what makes a good D DR solution, and what you know what are some of the subtle you know differences between I guess integration and, and DR. Uh, I guess from a, a, a direct routing perspective, right, David? Um, yeah. Uh, from a direct routing perspective, I mean, if you look at how Microsoft has enabled us with Teams, I mean, it's it's uh, set up where you can get started quickly. Um, and they've done a nice job with it, especially for very small users. Um, but if, if you look at the Microsoft strategy, I don't see that uh, the end-all investment goal is, is to uh, develop fast porting teams and uh, having a support center for trouble tickets and all the unique things that can happen with call flow. So uh, Microsoft has, has been a big proponent of direct routing and that's what we come in is uh, to be a direct routing provider, you really have to integrate with Microsoft. You have to do it through certified SPCs and, and we jumped in very early. Um, and really what's powering it is, is SIP trunking services. The SIP trunking services are, are what are connecting to those SPCs. And as someone that owns, operates, and develops some trunking services and certifies with a lot of providers, um, it was it was easy to do, and we jumped in with the leaders quickly, 
and uh, we're able to do it. Now, when you do direct routing, you can also open up the provider's playbook, those that have that, to fill in areas of need, right? Like the call recording capability in a call center or handling advanced call flows. Some direct routing providers have that and they'll front end part of it with a UCAS system. We do that in certain applications. And so you just, you fill in that stuff and you make that UCC platform sing. Um, so again, I think Microsoft takes it so far, I don't see them wanting to invest tremendously in having support centers and number porting teams and et cetera. And I think that's why they're encouraging folks like us to thrive with their, their platform. Yeah, I mean, that ecosystem is um, so very important around around this product. Um, you know, one thing I'm particularly interested in is uh, the channel partner uh, end, end of things. You know, uh, uh, what are those challenges, I guess, for, for channel partners who are looking to deploy these end-to-end -end, uh, uh, voice-enabled team solutions? Um, you know, are, 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 do your typical partners, do they have these... Do they have the right skill sets to do this end-to-end? -end? You know, what are some of the considerations that they need to think about there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think the if you look at the business partners that we have, um, they definitely have the skill set. Um, the, the The challenge is um, is is the is the curbing your excitement in some ways. Um, folks are getting hit with a bunch of opportunities. And if you don't go through the paces and you don't go through all the steps and you're not used to it, sometimes you miss stuff. And then the other piece that is really challenging to partners is that when there's an opportunity like Teams and you see this explosive growth opportunity, it, it pulls in all kinds of providers um, that don't have a lot of depth. And there, there can be mistakes made there and promises that aren't kept. So. I would describe it as that most of the partners, the MSPs and the VARs and the consultative agents we have have the skill set. It's it's just not always knowing what questions to ask. It's it's a bit uh, it's new. It's new and and it's uh, it has some complexity to it, and you really have to go through the paces. But uh, it, by and large, uh, most MSPs, VARs, and uh, consultative agents have the skills to do this, do it well. You just have to find the right partners and have, ask the right questions. Okay. I mean, well, let's, let's get to that point then. You know, BCM1, you're, you're providing a lot around around this area. Um, you know, what, what are some of the differentiators you can bring to, to these companies you work with um, from, a, from a team's perspective, uh, you know, versus maybe, you know, some other providers in the market? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Um, anyone can build a, a good mousetrap. So it, it's, you know, with, with time and money, right? So there's going to be some, some players that continue to invest and do a good job. Um, I, I think we built one heck of a mousetrap ourselves. I mean, it, it comes down to um, the ability to execute and have done this. So this isn't a bolt-on. This isn't uh, something that uh, was licensed somewhere else. This was a practice that we built um, and again, when you have, if you look at the key components of doing this, it's real, a lot of it is really just handling collaboration, communications, training, and setting the right expectations and then supporting it. Um, there's you know, those areas that you, you really shine in. Um, you have to be able to be, be, you know, be very thorough in it and explain it to the market. So I think ability to execute is, is, is important. You have to have your sales organization Again, know where your your strengths are, and there's some opportunities that 
you may say that that's just a better, it's a smaller application. It's better for a calling plan for Microsoft or it's, it's an alternative. So you, you got to know that. But I think it's a very deep bench um, and ability to execute are, are key. And, and really customers, partners have to ask those questions and, and get down to your experience level. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, we, we, I think we're all aware of the the size of the opportunity that you know Microsoft Teams is presenting the the partner community. Um, you know, look, looking forwards into twenty twenty one. You know, we're in we're in February, almost March now. Uh, you know, what what's exciting for you this this year? You know, what what are you really like looking forward to coming out of twenty twenty one? Other than uh, a drink in, in a bar, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Goodness, it's been a long time. Um, I think a little bit more, just a little bit more certainty. <laughs> I, I, I predict we'll get a little bit more this year. Um, you know, 2020, 2020 um, caused a lot of challenges for, for many folks. It's an understatement, right? Um, but I, I, I feel positive and I feel that uh, I see it every day working with our customers and partners that there's a positivity in the air. Um, maybe folks see, see that a little bit more normal will be coming. Um, and it, it's interesting at what we've seen and we'd like to be busy. We, we love solving problems and doing design work and implementing. And um, it really seemed like things have taken off, um, especially in the United States, right after the, that inauguration period. Things really uh, just kind of took off, and uh, it's just fun to be busy. I hope we we continue to do that, and I hope we we're going to expand our team. So I hope we can find some some good folks to join us. So uh, I'm just super excited about it. I think the UCC and and teams are going to be a big part of it, and uh, yeah. it's going to be fun. We don't we don't we don't know where this journey is going or where it's going to end, but it's you know we're we're all on it together. So um, the, on on journeys though, um, Mike, I do want to ask you actually about. Yeah. Uh, mi migration journeys, right? Yeah. We, um, we're seeing a lot of people looking at their infrastructure, looking at their, their, their technology and uh, make, trying to make those long-term decisions. You know, are, um, what are you seeing from that side? Are you seeing customers considering their, their migration journey, um, you know, to alternative providers in the, in the current situation? Yeah. What, and what does that look like from a, a full UCAS perspective? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because there, there's still a sizable amount of folks that are on old connectivity. Um, you know, if you think about uh, the amount of legacy type fixed circuits that are still out there uh, that just they just don't uh, bode well with virtual systems. And um, you see some folks that had some, you know, just kind of put it off their plate. And now with you know, the recognition, you've got to support work from home. Um, you've got to have scaling uh, capabilities. You need to be flexible, uh, have to be able to address things like remote 911 zoning and emergency calling. I mean, it really has just put a, an emphasis on it of that you cannot renew those uh, legacy services and you're going to have to use something much more fluid. It, it also has accelerated the need for over the top services. And, um, what folks I find are doing, smaller organizations are quickly jumping into things, David. The larger ones, um, they really want to do it in pieces. And uh, so we, we talk a lot about future-proof services, right? Let's, let's maybe keep you on SIP trunking with your current phone system infrastructure, but maybe you want to do a hybrid where you're going to use that same SIP trunking account and move some departments over 
that will rely on the team's uh, phone system. And then you talk about how they're going to call back and forth and you plan that. But you do see in larger organizations, they're, they're addressing it in different components and different phases. And again, those are fun conversations because I think uh, you can really do it right and you can do it over time and you can really mitigate your risk if done right. So um, bigger organizations are, are jumping in, but they, um, they, they do it in pieces and parts sometimes in phases. And I think we just need to respect that and, and support it. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, look, Mike, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, David. It was great. Thank you. And thank you for tuning in. You've been watching me, David Dungay, on UC Today. If you like today's episode, please give us a like and a share on social media. And don't forget, you can catch all the action using the, the hashtag UC News. Thanks for watching.